Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. Stop minutes across the tracks of your mind into the exciting world of soul with guest stars Ike and Tina Turner, Gustav Matteblanc, Teddy Longmire, and Ty Webb, and the Soul Train Gang, brought to you by Johnson Products Company, makers of Ultra Sheen, Afro Sheen, and the new Ultra Sheen facial fashions makeup. And now here's your host. Don Cornelius! Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. Hey folks, it's Gustav here. We originally recorded about three hours of Can You Hear Me in person together. And then over the last couple of weeks, we've divvied it up and parsed it out into more manageable pieces so we didn't spare you to death for multiple hours at a time. So this week, uh, I didn't have a pre-made intro with me and the guys, but uh, as always, I'm Gustav Monteblanc. You can find me on Twitter as RealGustav. My co-hosts are Ty Webb. You can find him as MZZY74 on Twitter. And, of course, Heavy Longmire. And you can find him on as Twitter as Longmire Heavy. So this is the uh, last of that first big session that we did. And uh, I appreciate you joining us and sticking with us and following us. And uh, emails that you're giving us, the great, that's great. Feedback on Twitter and the subscriptions on iTunes. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks again for listening. Be sure and tell your friends, tell your enemies. Let's see what we got in store. Well, we're going to cut this down to about 14 minutes. It, it's If I take out the pizza party, it's still only going to take like a minute out. Yeah, we got some good shit. We got some good stuff. And I could probably cut it up into multiples. We might have to do that because two hours is too long. Yeah. Take bits and pieces Fuck throughout you. the two hours and 15 minutes. Slice <laughs> it all together. I'd like you to overdub my voice. <laughs> the voice actor that replaced the the Flash Gordon voice? Yes. I'd like you to be like, bye. Down. All right. So... Uh, Let's we could see. just make this a best of compilation. <laughs> the one time, one off. Yeah, we we can definitely pissed. cut this into an hour. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Oh. Did you watch the James Brown YouTube video that I sent you? I didn't have time. No, sorry. Man, so that? much cocaine. Man, that dude, it was, I think it was a clip from Soul Train. Yes, and he's bouncing up and down out of those splits like nobody's and, business. I think it was a mix, because it's like a nine-minute clip, I think. Yeah. 
I think he works in like three songs mm-hmm. in that. Yep. And it's unfreaking believable. So how much cocaine was done on the set of Soul Train? Oh, good Lord. Because the other day, it's funny that you brought that up, the Soul Train thing, because I was showing at work the David Bowie clips of Soul Train when he is either, I don't know what he is, it's, it is high, super coked out, thin white Duke phase. Yeah. He's just, he's just emaciated. Skeletor. And he comes out there, and he's obviously lip syncing. Yeah. You know, but when he's, Don Cornelius is talking to him, he's either drunk or coked up. I don't know. It's hard to tell because he's just so spaced out. And then that made me think about the James Brown and the Rick James. Mm. I mean, it must have just been like a what mountain. Was George Clinton's group? Uh, Funkadelic. P Funk. Yeah. Parliament. 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 Yeah. yeah. Bootsy Collins. So every Saturday morning. You, watch, you got up and you watched cartoons in the 70s. Yep. And the early 80s. And the early 80s. And you didn't get cartoons every day, Cartoon no, Network. Saturday all morning that. was a special day. That's right. right. So if you got Channel 11, you got some cartoons in the morning with the Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. Right. Just a little bit. You got like Woody Woodpecker. Yeah, and some Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Some shitty ones like Hector Heathcote. Yeah. yeah. And something with a possum. It's possible that possum. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's possible. Yeah. That, yeah. that was good. I like that. Deputy of course, because we were a bunch of hillbillies. <laughs> Deputy dog, wasn't that? Uh, no, yeah. it wasn't Deputy Dog. No, it was a it was a possum, a bear, an owl, and a mouse that lived in a shack, and there was a storekeeper. Are we high right now? We might be. I forgot about I, that's vaguely familiar. Like possible possum. I don't know. I have to look that one up. Huh. But there were some really shitty cartoons so yeah. you had to wait to saturday morning yeah. to watch the good stuff the super right. friends oh looney yeah tunes. the looney tunes uh and then a bunch of weird stuff that came and went but you had your yeah. staples you know but then and fat albert oh yeah y'all ever watch uh oh shit what was the one of uni the unicorn the uh, it wasn't he man it was uh did you say a unicorn they called him uni yeah Oh, you're talking about Dungeons and Dragons? Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were first talking about some Rainbow Bright bullshit. No. Care Bears? But no. But no, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, that was some serious heavy yeah. shit. But let's put a put a footnote okay. on that. We'll come back to that because that ties into uh, a certain bookstore on the square. Whoa. <laughs> so that's that a is topic. an episode. All right, different topic. So yeah, Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> was serious. But on that's where I got uh, that, that bookstore was a model. portal. I think. I think so too. That's that's where I got that Trans Am oh. model. Really? Yeah. I, I bet that's not all you got there. No kidding. A little packed with the devil. I bet you rolled a twenty side die. Made your saving throw. <laughs> uh, for full disclosure, I have taught my children how to play Dungeons and Dragons. Well that, done, son. That backfired on me because now they want to play it, and that takes all the energy out of my. Oh man. That's not a short endeavor. No, but so I'm a I'm a board game collector. I think I've got like 300 board games in the house. Yeah, love it. And that backfires on you because I collect like really old ones and stuff, and the uh, old ones aren't always the best game mechanics. But the ki- they're the ones the kids like, of course. So like I had to play like that uh, with the old metal bells you ring and everything. I got to play the game of life tomorrow night. Mm. I spent three hours playing it last Friday night. 
Risk. You play some Risk. I, I, I was told today I owe them a game Risk. That takes all day. Well, they've adapted it now where there's a cut card you put in the deck, and you get to that cut card, it's over, and you just count up the territories. Huh. So that speeds like things up. like a cop-out. And if I get to put the cut card in, <laughs> it's pretty high Five minutes the in. Count them up. Whoop. I win. After Fat Albert on KXAS Channel 5, Soul Train kicked in. Soul Boom. Train. Soul Train. And here we were, lily white ass children. Rural. Rural Texas. Lily white ass children. Living, breathing, waiting to hear the dulcet, deep, booming voice of Don Cornelius. Don, there's never been a cooler cat. I agree. And he built that empire. I don't know if you ever watched any like documentaries about it. I mean, he built that up. And oh, yeah. Very successful. Now, was that filmed in L.A. or New York? I want to say L.A. I think L.A., yeah. 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 And I think I've told you all, the year that Don Cornelius died, I was on assignment driving through Detroit and listening to an urban talk station, and they oh. were talking about Don Cornelius, and they said, call in and tell us your Don Cornelius memories. Please tell me you did. And I did. So here I am on Detroit Radio. Talking about when you and Don kayak down the red. My southern drawl. And they obviously know I'm white. And they're like, you're kidding me. You listen, you watch Soul Train? I'm like, every Saturday morning after Fat Albert. And they were just falling out. They thought it was the best thing ever, you know. (laughs) And I didn't like go on for like 30 minutes or anything. Music brings the races together. Man, I, I dug the James Brown. If they did have somebody white on there, sure, that's great. But if I saw American Bandstand on, which wasn't on that often, I didn't like it. No. Give me the OJs. Yes. Give me the Gap Band. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember the Gap Band poster up by the DJ booth at the skating rink? Yes. (laughs) I'll drop a bomb on you. Yes. I think Soul Train and, to a lesser extent, Solid Gold... It gave me my love of Barry White. Mm. Mm, which is endured to this day. Yes. And I may have children that were conceived to Barry White. I'm not sure. By Barry White? Not by. To Barry White. To the beat okay. of the Love Unlimited Orchestra. Man, so great. I had a great aunt that I spent a lot of time with, and she didn't like me watching Solid Gold because the women didn't wear enough clothes. Mm. The Solid Gold dancers were so much material. Yes. Yes. I didn't know what it was causing, but it was making my... Pants go funny. My little shorts go crazy. Yeah. That and Charlie's Angels. Uh. Specifically, the Chain Gang episode where they have to strip down when they go to prison. They're behind, like, the screen. Sweet Jacqueline. So hot. Mm. Kate Jackson was such a root. Mm. I mean, she wasn't, but when you compare... Relatively. Yeah. You got her up against Jacqueline and uh, Farrah. Mm-mm-mm. Jacqueline's my or Cheryl Ladd. Also, yes, Cheryl Ladd. Let's I would, not. I would take. Let's Cheryl pull Ladd. one out for Cheryl Ladd. I want to go Cheryl Ladd over Farrah Fawcett. That's a hot mm. sports opinion for you, right there. That is hot. The thing that okay, Heather Thomas or Heather Locklear. Thomas, hands yes. down, absolutely. Yeah, I don't even have to think about that. Yeah, I was always a Thomas fan. I probably Paul guy was. One of my favorites. Fall that Guy was, was strong. That was strong. Okay, Heather Thomas or Lee Majors? 
Lee Majors. Lee Majors. Because he's a fucking six million. Yeah, who like? Okay, and what was his nephew's name? Howie. Howie. Yeah, maybe we need to do an ultimate dudes of our youth. But I think you got to put Lee Majors and Tom Selleck in the top five without any doubt. Yeah. Those those two are top five. I think those are on the Mount Rushmore of our youth super dudes. So I have to split it between TV and movie. Well, that's fair. So without a doubt, Mount Rushmore is Tom Selleck, Lee Majors. I may put Rick Simon. Mm. Gerald. Gerald Gerald McCraney. Uh, One of the best theme songs of all time. What, have you ever heard the... Uh, they only played it on the end credits the first season. It has lyrics. You told me about this before, and I meant to go look it up, and I haven't. But no, I don't remember it. I will it. find it. I, I, I will find it and record it, and we will listen to it on our next event. All right. That was such a badass When he's show. driving that damn that forklift through there, just... I would get so fired up. Dodge truck that yeah. Rick drove. That was such a great show. What about uh, where would you put Rockford on that Mount mm. Rushmore? Rockford's he's right up there too. He's a little bit before right. yeah. that. I mean, he's you can't make the the age range too wide or yeah, it's he, really he is get, more gets 70s. tough. Majors transcends because we got six million dollar man in the seventies. Which I remember watching. I was not a fan. But if we just do 80s, he would still be in there just for the fall guy. Exactly. Yeah. And Selleck would definitely be in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was his period. Was the And 80s. when I yes. was real little, before Magnum, my parents were always watching the Sackets movies and stuff like that. So you had Tom Selleck and... Uh, holy shit. The, the cowboy from Big Lebowski... Uh, Oh, Sam, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. So I always I had one of the Sackets movies. Oh, they're westerns. They're fucking awesome. Sackets. The Sackets. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar. with Oh, that. you'd love them. Huh. Catherine Ross, who was a hot. Oh, um, definitely. Sam Elliott, Tom Selleck, and another dude I can't remember his name right now either. But they're good. They're quality. Movies, not a TV show. No, well, it was a TV movie. It's like okay. a mini series type okay. thing. Um. It's like Big Valley. No, it wasn't fucking Big <laughs> Valley, which was awful. Even that though it did have Lee Majors, sucks. I hated Big Valley. I'd uh-huh. watch it, yeah, because there wasn't anything else on. Remember Alias Smith and Jones? Yeah, that ain't bad. Yeah, I don't remember that one. You don't? Uh, ben Johnson? No, not Ben Johnson. No. <laughs> ben the uh, Sprinter? <laughs> no, the, the the cowboy actor, but not him. <laughs> Um, it was the. It would have been funnier two, with Ben Johnson. The two the outlaws who the governor's, the governor giving them amnesty. And if they can do something for a year, I don't remember what it yeah, was. They're bank. They're they can't tell anybody robbers. they're going to get amnesty because nice. yeah, worst premise. Were you, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Were you Wild Wild West fans? I am a Wild Wild West P one. I love it, and I will watch Wild Wild West right now. Yeah. I watched, I've watched Wild Wild West in the last two weeks. Really? Yes. The graphics were loved terrific, it. too. And I loved that whole spy thing because apparently I am I'm a gonna spy. I'm going to come clean and admit that I have never seen a single episode what? of Wild Wild West. If you are interested, let me curate some... Because in- you know, if you grab onto one that's kind of iffy, 
you'd be like, eh. But if you grab onto a good one, it's okay. yeah, it, it's it's a western, but it's not a western. Right, it's a science fiction. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of a steampunk ste- now. Yeah, and, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, in in hindsight, um, so I was a you know I watched Lone Ranger, of course. I watched the Rifleman. Rifleman, badass. I watched Rawhide. Rawhide. Yeah. I was, and you're gonna look at me funny. You did not like Bonanza. I'm not a Bonanza fan. I was not a Bonanza fan I like either. Bonanza. I know now Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Hey, Gunsmoke was good. Was good. Yeah. I could get me some Gunsmoke. Yeah. And then I like some of the obscure ones that you didn't see very often. Like, like if what? you could see some uh, uh, Paladin, Wanted Dead or Alive. Yeah. yeah. Those are awesome. What was the one? Oh, what was the rifleman's name? Chuck Connors. Chuck Connors. Branded. Branded. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. are okay. Yeah. Uh, or I said Wanted Dead or Alive. I mean, uh, that's a Steve McQueen one. Wanted Dead or Alive. Paladin was... Steve McQueen is definitely on the Rushmore movies. Exactly. He's on my 70s. Because I think my dudes for the icons are more 60s, 70s. Because I watched so many old movies when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, me too. And out of the 80s, Richard Gere ain't going on my Mount Rushmore. No. <laughs> Uh, but you got to, I mean, guys like Newman. Newman. And Redford. Oh, Redford. Yeah. And McQueen. What's I your mean, favorite McQueen movie? Oh, I'm going to probably give it to The Getaway. Because mm. that's oh. one I watch over and over and over. I've watched that in the last month. Really? For the millionth time. I was a big Bullet fan. Bullet is awesome. I mean, it, all of his movies are Tom fantastic. Horn. I love Tom Horn. Great Escape. Yeah, Papillon, you know, Sand Pebbles. He makes he made so many good movies. He people think of him as just like the bullet mm-hmm. type, but he he had a big run. Oh yeah. Uh, now he didn't do comedy. No. But he was just fucking cool. He was the king of cool. Redford, of course, probably still our favorite movie is still Jeremiah Johnson, yep. which I was pulling audio from today. I didn't get it into anything yet. I remember watching it in Coach Mailer's class. <laughs> we, I watched that at least twice a year. Yes. Okay, here's a uh, a battle for you. Better. And I know this is a hard comparison because one's a movie and one's not, but kind of like a movie. Jeremiah Johnson... Or Lonesome Dove. I go Jeremiah Johnson in a heartbeat. Lonesome Dove's great. But Lonesome Dove did not change my life. It didn't shape my life. That's that's true. That's true. And I do think Jeremiah Johnson, to some extent, had an effect on my life. I can't tell you exactly how it did. And we started watching both of them at the same general yeah. area. yeah. But Lonesome Dove, yeah, because Lonesome Dove, I mean that's a that's a cowboy western. The thing about Lonesome Dove that was such a phenomenon though was that that's the first time I can ever remember there being something on that everybody talked about at school the next day. Yeah, yeah. I mean everybody recounted those episodes like that was the only thing on TV. Yeah, it was amazing. That I watched that. At least twice a year, too. See, I don't... And the second one's not bad, either. I hadn't done that. I mean, it's not It's not the first one, but... It, well, the third one, which is a prequel... Yeah. ...has James, uh, James Garner in it. 
I've seen. I've I've just seen the. I haven't like seen the, all of it. The box and the previews, but I've, I've seen never parts seen it. of it. But I never yeah. seen all of it. Yeah, but I'm going to go with Gustav on the Jeremiah Johnson because, I mean, technically they're both westerns, but and as cool as cowboys are, is in that era of Texas history, uh, as far as Lonesome Dove. I mean, it's a cowboy movie, whereas Jeremiah Johnson, I wanted to be Jeremiah yeah. Johnson. I wanted Me that too. experience. I wanted that, you know, from that opening scene where he steps off that that, uh, that river barge, raft, yeah. that barge, and the narrator, you know, was, you know, nobody knows about where he came from. Mm-hmm. Nobody seemed to care. And... Just a man looking for a new beginning, and uh, and having to learn it hard, and have you know, just kind of. Well, it's kind of, it's truly like the American mythos. There, I mean, starts from scratch. Yep. Perseveres, pretty much stands on his own. Mm-hmm. Self-made. Self-made. Does what he can for everybody else. High moral character. Total, yeah, absolute. Yeah. Gets the shit knocked out of him, knocked down, but he stands and yeah. perseveres in the end. Yeah. Right. He, you get a little bit of the underdog theme in there. Yeah. And some folks say he's out there still. Very nice callback. Um, and I think it's one of Sidney Pollock's best films. Yeah. Which is saying a lot. Yes, because he was a hell of a director. I mean, he made Tootsie. You know, that's a movie that I've only watched once. And it's good. I'm not the biggest Dustin Hoffman fan. Well, you know, I think now is when I should tell you that something's telling me it might be you. <laughs> um, But are you a big John Sebastian fan who sang that great tune back in the day? He's also the one who's on the steps in Animal House when Homeboy comes down and smashes his guitar. Was that him? That was him. I did not realize that. That was him. The great animal house. You know And didn't John Sebastian also write the Welcome Back Cotter theme? Yes, I think he did. Really? Yeah. So I want to talk a second speaking of Animal House, it made me think of something. So we grew up in a world with R rated movies edited down for T V. Yeah. Yep. So we watched all of these movies at a young age with all the good parts edited out. Now, I know we still you, got the flavor of the you movie. You got the flavor, but you just didn't have blatant cursing. You didn't have any of the sex or nudity. Yeah, because back then, every movie had just the obligatory tit scene. Right, because that's the only place you were going to see that tit. Yeah. Right. If you were a 17-year-old guy... That chances are the only tits you're going to see. Yeah. So that was a selling point. So jump ahead now, 30-something years. You and I have cut the cable, mm-hmm. and we just do streaming. Right. So there's no opportunity for our children to watch the PG-edited version of Animal House. No. And all these movies. So we grew up. Knowing ca- something like Caddyshack, even though we right. hadn't seen the girl with the unedited, uh, you know, in the in the swimming pool scene. Yeah. But our kids aren't ever going to see Caddyshack 
because it's not going to hit them early on. Right. So I think, and I always wanted it to be this way where you could watch whatever you wanted, but it's going to fracture our common understanding of our culture because we're not all going to have these same common movies anymore. Yeah, it really, it, it really causes a great divide between the youth and the adults as far as yeah, if you watch anything, some common movie yeah. right. language. Because yeah. And then on the flip side, here I come along, I'm a dad, I want my kids, my kids have are working on the same sense of humor that me and Mrs. Gustav have, which mm-hmm. is warped, okay? <laughs> so I think, all right, well, let's show them this movie. Well, either maybe I never saw the R version of it, maybe, or if I did, I forgot because I'd seen the PG version so many times. Holy shit, there's a boob. Yeah. Oops, there's a push, you know, on a right. rare occasion. Now, my eldest... He sees that, and his eyes pop open like, hot damn, I saw a titty, you know. <laughs> my middle one, it embarrasses him more, but my, yeah. you know. So I have made the mistake of forgetting boobs a couple of times and then pop up in a movie. Yeah. It's not the worst thing, but uh, yeah. I, I have thought that we would watch all this stuff because it was in heavy rotation and all the time you'd see Caddyshack. Or yeah, was it on it was on Saturday afternoons that Channel 8 would have the movie of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, wasn't it like... The sanitized version? Well, yeah. they would have... I remember Channel 8 used to have movies after, from 3 o'clock to 5. Before, like, Oprah came along, they would show movies. Oh, during the day? During the day. The weekday? After the soaps finished up at 2 to 3, like General Hospital, I think it was 2 to 3, they would run a movie yeah. before the news. Yeah, you're right. And Channel 11 ran movies all afternoon, or yeah. part of the afternoon. And, like you said, stuff had movies all afternoon. On Saturday, you'd have Kung Fu Theater. Yes. And then you'd have some crazy hunting show or something, and right. then you'd have a movie. Like so Hank Parker Outdoors or something. I have a little Mutual of Omaha. Oh, Mutual of Omaha. That, 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 was that and In Search Of. Yeah. And I've included a little In Search Of in our outro this week. Ah. Well done. So. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there's not, it's really fractured between, uh, there's not like that intermediate space for kids to experience some of these themes and movies and that kind of thing. It's like, it seems to go from like G to R now. Yeah. And there's not a lot of PG films to begin with. No. But there's, you definitely don't get to see these watered down, sanitized versions to where you still would get to share in some of the themes of the movie and learn some of the you know uh, some of the lessons that come from the movies and everything because you just don't even get to watch them like some of the lessons learned from animal house yeah yeah um so that's something i've been thinking about and along the same lines so we the kids watch a lot of netflix and hulu and they will not touch the old tv shows for the most part I've tried to force some of that on my girls, and they... Yeah, I've tried the Brady Bunch, and some... I haven't tried that one yet. Man, my oldest loves that show. Really? Yes. So, and, uh, and here's... She's going to be nine next week. Okay. But uh, I never watched it growing up. I watched it. Yeah. I like the Brady Bunch. So I'm experiencing it for the first time, too. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, 
They will watch. Which one of the sisters do you have a crush on? I really would rather not say. I'm about to say, Alice. As, as an adult, that I don't want him to answer that question. <laughs> now, if he'd watched it all along, well, then yeah, he's going to say Jan's the hotter. But let me tell you this: I got no problem with Mama. No. Oh, Florence Henderson was a piece no. of ass. Although, if I have to pick between, I mean, I'll drink that Wesson all day. Right, Florence <laughs> Henderson, or am I going to pick the mom from the Partridge Family? Never watched it. I'm going to pick the mom for the Partridge family because she's curvier. And I was on a flight uh, out of L.A. one week, and I see Shirley Jones, the mom from the Partridge family. And she's like in her 80s now, okay? Would you? I would. And I'm like, I'm getting excited because I'm in first class, and I'm thinking, I got 16 seats. I got a one in six or a like a 1 in 16 chance she's going to sit next to me. So I'm like, yes, please, please. Opposite fucking ends. Can't get to sit next to her. Because if I had, I might have tried to make a move. Yeah. I would have tried a pickup line of are you allergic to poison ivy and tried to get right. my hand in uh, Mrs. Partridge's pants. Right. Got 16 seats, but a partridge ain't one. No, no, not at all. I have had a lot of luck well sitting next to crazy people in first class, though. Do uh, tell. I sat... Ted Kaczynski? Not Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> uh, I sat... Dick Van Patten. Ice Cube. Hey. His posse was sitting next to me. And he said, sorry, Ice Cube's at one point when we were getting our luggage out. And I told him, no problem. You yeah. Know, just, just cool. Don't, step back, don't worry Ice. About it. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Uh, that man versus food dude, he and I talked one day. Oh, yeah. He sat next to me. He was huh. nice. What was uh, Ice You say Ice Tea or Ice Cube? Ice Cube. Okay. What was his crew like? I don't know, just some dudes. Badass looking dudes? Nah, not really badass. Really? Might have been his sons, I don't know. But yeah. he, had, he had two you guys with Snoop Dogg out there? I'm sorry, what? Have you ever met Snoop Dogg out there? <laughs> out there. <laughs> Have I ever met the Snoop world. Dogg out there? I'm just hanging out, you know, in Brentwood. No, as much as you're in and out of LAX. No, I never met, I never met Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Dogg. So here's the list of the people that I met that I actually talked to. So uh, Ernie Hudson from yeah. Ghostbusters fame. Ah, okay. Very nice. Uh, Bo Svensson from Walking Tall 2. <laughs> oh my gosh! And Quentin That's... Tarantino movies. He played the preacher in the Kill Bill movies. Oh okay. He was very nice. Uh, probably just happy. Did y'all do a lot of Walking him. Tall Two talk. <laughs> yeah, I did bring up Walking Tall Two. One of the most uncomfortable names in the history of cinema. <laughs> and in Glor- the original Inglorious Bastards, and how he had a cameo in the second Inglorious Bastards. But he wanted to talk more about what I did. Really? Yeah. And I didn't want to talk to him about what I do. I want to talk to him about being Bo Svensson, judo champion. (laughs) And uh, he had a bit part in Here Come the Brides. Uh, Let's see. Mickey uh, Jones. He's a chubby, gruffy guy that you saw a bunch in the 80s. He was was actually the drummer in Kenny Rogers in uh, uh, Six Pack. No, his band. Uh, the Love that movie. What was his first band? You know, 
Oh yeah. Uh, condition my condition was in. Yeah. What was the name? Dang it. Commodores. No. <laughs> Is it the first edition? Yeah. First edition. Kenny Rogers, the first edition. That might be right. I think it was it. Anyway, he was the drummer of them, and he's been in a bunch of stuff. He was on like uh, Home Improvement and stuff. He got a long hair and a beard. He was pretty nice. Uh, that damn Hollywood plastic surgeon, Dr. Ray or something like that. Don't know. I thought he was going to be How a How the hell do you know all these people? How the hell do I know anything? Why are you okay. asking me that? Uh, yeah. I what, just, what part of our I, relationship? I'm that guy who's like, that dude looks familiar. Where do I know him from? Where do I know him from? I wouldn't have said, hey, that's the guy from Walking Tall, too. So here's my rule. <laughs> so here's my rule. When I was in and out of L.A. a bunch, I saw lots and lots of people that I did know. Yeah. But my rule is this. If you're with your family, I'm not going to mess with you. Yeah. If I don't know your real name, I will not talk to you. Okay. If I don't like what you do, I will not talk to you. Damn. Boy, look at Exclusion Gustav because over here. son of a bitch. I would see it? people come up to people and say, hey, you're that guy. Yeah. And then I, sometimes the people would be kind of rude back to him, and sometimes it would be real gracious. And I just didn't want to be that guy. Right. And if I don't like you, in real life I'm not going to talk to you if I don't like you. Right. So why do I want to talk to somebody that I don't like? Right. So I stood... From me to you next to Jackson Brown one time. And I don't like fucking Jackson Brown. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want to hear about... Is it the whole domestic violence thing or you well, just don't like that, his music? I just don't like his music. I do, hey, I do have to admit, love. like, Jackson Brown overrated a little yeah. to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not... So I like one or two. But I, still I mean, a good writer, but... I didn't know. talk to him. Didn't want to talk to him. I didn't like him. Yeah. I... Did talk to the guy that played the, and I can't remember his name right now, I apologize, the goofy lawyer on the TV show Scrubs. So Never really watched Scrubs. I talked to him, and he was super happy that somebody knew who he was. Really? I met the great comedian Larry Miller. Oh. oh. Got a selfie with him. That would have been a stop down. He was super nice and happy that. Yeah. That's a little surprising, actually, but awesome. Tell Ty about the time. You've met Clapton in Dallas. All right. So uh, I was with... Doug Clapton? Eric Clapton. Texarkana? Eric Clapton. Oh, Clapton. <laughs> so I was with a uh, a gal from a grade older than us. That had, we'd finished college. She'd moved to Dallas with her husband. I'd gone down there to visit with... Hanging out with them. He was somewhere, went something. And she and I went to a bead store. Okay, called Nomadic Notions off of uh, in or Lovers in Inwood, I think is where it's at. I'm familiar with the area. So we go in there, and as we're walking in, there's this copper brand new Jag out front. Look and out. I'm thinking, man, this place is way out of our league because she was looking to make some kind of bullshit jewelry, and at the time, I was real big into Venetian trade beads. Yeah. <laughs> Serious, Haven't we all been? Serious connoisseur of the Venetian 18th century trade beat. This yeah. is so adult Pokemon. <laughs> so, you may not know this. About what year me. was this? This would have been about what year 95, okay. maybe? About 95, 96, somewhere around there. 
When I think grunge era, I think Venetian trade beads. Well, the Venetian trade beads goes back to my old school Lakota old style dancing phase. I got you. Now, have you ever seen that movie Adaptation? Yes. Do you remember how the orchid guy talked about how he became obsessed with something and he learned everything he could and he would go all in and then one day he would just walk away from it and do something else. Move on. Yeah. That's pretty much my life. Yeah. I mean, there's some things that I always go back to, but there have been several things like this. And so this was in my Venetian trade bead phase. Okay. So I asked them right off the bat, do you have any Venetian trade beads? <laughs> Because if not, I'm fucking out of here. That's pretty much the extent of it. Don't have time for this shit. And do you have a shitter? <laughs> so they say, uh, no, sorry. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just standing around. He's like, do you hear that clapton? Fuck this here. place. So the girl that I'm with, she's back there stringing together beads to make some kind of bracelet or something. I'm just standing around looking, you know. And... There's this dude up front with a, a bodyguard. Costner? No, not Costner. <laughs> and <laughs> I start looking at him like, I know that guy. So I very, because I'm nothing but subtle, right? Exactly. Captain Subtle. Yeah. I kind of meander up there, because I was at the back of the place, and I meander up there, and I'm kind of looking at stuff, and I'm looking at him. And I am, as we all know, I am not what you would call a tall man, right? I think it's not five, incredibly tall. No. I think it says five seven, which I think is a lie on my yeah my driver's license. And this guy's not much bigger than me, but he looks really familiar. So I'm just kind of at this point, I'm just kind of leaning on the counter looking at. <laughs> I'm From about three inches away. Really studying him, you know. Don't I know you. And I finally, I'm like, so I walked back to my friend, and I said, I'm pretty sure that's Eric Clapton. No, that's not Eric Clapton. But forget that. Did you hear they don't have any Venetian fucking beads? <laughs> so I go back up, and I'm looking at him some more, and finally I commit. And I commit in a manner that is... uh Heterosexual? No, no. So, you remember a pair of brothers that we grew up with, one in our grade, one a year older, that were dairy farmers? Yes, I do. I'm familiar with the Holstein brothers. You're familiar with the younger one and his gung-ho... Abruptness. Abruptness? The man has no subtlety. I went full dairyman mode on this guy. Wow. And I stuck my hand out. That could have gone terribly wrong. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Clapton, I'm a real big fan. <laughs> <laughs> so he shakes my hand in about the limpest ass handshake ever. We well, didn't want to hurt I didn't want to hurt his guitar hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hand, I get man. it. Anyway, so he's like, yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. And I said, all right. And so I walk back. Well, well, see you later. See you later. Huh, Bill Gulps, huh? I walk back there. My friend is standing there literally jaw dropped. Just So Clapton buys like $300 worth of bullshit. Bodyguard carries it out. 
He doesn't even carry his own fucking beads. Well, he's got a fucking bodyguard. What the hell is he paying him well, for? He's a bodyguard, not a fucking bead carrier. The bodyguard didn't have to do anything except watch me act like a jackass. Yeah, where was the bodyguard when you were making this dairy man move? Well, I'm not a threatening individual, you know. So, has he seen that plaster? <laughs> the bodyguard probably had me beat. Okay. The um, so Clapton leaves. The friend of my friend is freaking out. The girl at the counter is calling the Austin store to say, "Oh my God, we just had Eric Clapton." She wouldn't have known it was Eric Clapton if I had not had the balls to call out Eric Clapton. She, really, she didn't know it was Eric Clapton. Well, how many women do you think would know who Eric Clapton was? <laughs> well, that was. Uh, I mean, I know it's like nineteen ninety-five. It's after his kid fell out. Yeah, what was that song? Tears, in, Tears heaven. in Heaven, which is the yeah. worst song. I'm sorry his kid died, but that's a shit song. I like that song. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Mr. Show bit. That was a wonderful debate y'all just had. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much a relationship for the last uh, 30 years. 40, 30 years. It was yeah. very high concept. Did you ever see the Mr. Show where they made fun of the Tears in Heaven? No, but I love Mr. Show. I'll have to find that and want to play that clip because it's a... It's a back and forth, and it's great. Mr. Show was awesome. So I met Eric Clapton. He was not impressed with me. I don't know why. Huh. Bold, though. Bold. Yeah. I'm I'm not scared. I met Bob Geldof, Sir Bob Geldof. Speaking of other rock royalty, Boomtown Rats, star of the uh, Pink Floyd film. The The Nippolis, Bob Geldof. So... I'm in the elevator at the Admirals Club. The Admirals, Admirals Club. Club. Yeah. Bow down, you want to mow my lawn? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> See, kids are not going to get that. Fuck those kids. So, if you're famous... I mean, we love kids. We love all the kids. I love all the children. <laughs> love all well, the we kids. don't love them. Wait no, but it's for the children, though. We approve We're doing the this for the children. If you're famous enough or rich enough, the airlines give you a concierge that walks with you or drives you around the airport to make sure you get where you're going. From point A to point B. you got to be really famous. They'll carry your beads. And they will, you know, kiss your ass. So Bob Geldof's got this dude with him. And I get in the elevator. It's just the three of us. And again, I'm giving him the look. I know who the fuck you are. Bobby. Uh, and it's a Bobby short G. ride, so I have to commit really quick. Don't be coy with me, Bobby G. And so I'm like, hey, you're Sir Bob Geldof, huh? Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> and Good the day, sir. was over. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Oscar from the uh, office. He was real nice. Really? Got a picture with him. Some, I remember you sending that to me. Uh, yeah. Some people that were busy, and they were polite, but they're like, "I'm sorry, I can't stop." Uh, John C. Riley. Oh uh, man, I really wanted to. Terrific. You know, God. Him and Magnolia is. Oh, he's so great. In, you know, Magnolia yeah. is great, and he's great. In everything. Boogie Nights, and yeah, I would have whipped his ass severely if yeah. I'd gotten a chance. He'd be so, so much step brothers. <sighs> Did we just become best friends? Uh, We're actually in a garage. We should be doing karate. <laughs> I hopped into an office two days ago and did karate <laughs> and then ran out. 
part of my mission. That's why you're unemployed now? No, nah, I'm still on a mission, man. That's why he works for the Phoenix Foundation. That's right. Uh, let's see who else. I, I've ignored a bunch of people. So I've ignored Sharon Stone because she was with her family. Because what was I going to say? Hey, I really looked, liked seeing your beaver that one time. <laughs> nice beaver. Uh, I've always stayed away from Cheech Marion. I've seen him multiple times, and he always looks pissed. Really? really? Yeah. Even after all that weed? All that weed. He uh, In the airport, he must hate flying because he's always looked pissed. Hmm. Um, I bet Tommy Chong's happy. I'm not sure he gets to fly. That's sure. true. He may be on a no-fly list. The uh, Robin, uh, oh, what was Mike Tyson's wife on Head of the Class? Givens. Robin Givens. I saw her. I didn't have anything to say to her. At some point in the podcast, we might want to talk about our head of the class type class that we had together. Oh, my gosh. We don't have the time to get into it right that, now. That could be a whole episode. Yes. That was how, our head of the class. How you put us all in a class. Yes. Let's file that away for future podcasts. And we had the hot female Howard Hessman. <laughs> That taught us so well. <laughs> Shit. Is that too, no, too close good. to home? No, it's good. That was still one of the most surreal things ever. How many people were in that class? God, that was such a misfit uh, group. Our, let's see, our junior year, which was the first year, there was only one senior in there. Yeah, I mean, there was, what, nine or ten of us? Right, I'm trying to think there was... Yeah, about ten. Yeah. I'd have to. And the girls, I don't know. I still don't know how we got in there. Yeah, I don't know what the selection process. I don't was, remember taking was, a test. I don't Teachers know. Picked. It was a. <clears throat> it was an interesting group. Well, the it, dairy man was there. <laughs> <laughs> the dairy man was there, as was the general. The general was there, and shit. Shamu. What, Shamu? No, Shamu no, was not. Shamu was not. Really? And he was as fucking smart as any of us. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt we were smart, but we weren't good students. No. No. We were, like, we were like the underachieving bastards. Yes. <laughs> we were in the... The year before, we're in the back of the room rapping about Silas Barner. <laughs> yes! <laughs> It's we Dustin. <laughs> the way I remember they excuse me, put those classes together, it was basically you're gifted and talented, which in a lot of cases is you're very smart yet underachieved. Your kids that are bored in the regular class. Well, now we did have, it was a mix though, because we had like us that were the underachievers, but then we had a group in there that were not underachievers no, at all. Yeah. Like, they were, you know, dotting every I, crossing every T. They were finishing valedictorian, all that bullshit. Right. Yeah, because we did have the valedictorian yeah. in our class. and But it was a mix of the two. And the dairyman was the third yeah. in our class. So it was solid. Yeah. I'm, but I then there was underachievers, us. I mean, as far as get, feed them a little more. That would be me, oh, yeah. that would be me and Ty. Yeah. Yeah. And to her credit, I did learn how to write papers. True. And it did help me in college. 
And there are books that I have reread that we read there that y'all didn't read in the, mm-hmm. the plebes class. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was good for vocabulary too. Absolutely. And you and I can whip some ass. Yeah, y'all have. Great. We learned a lot of good vocabulary in there. And then sometimes we just did the most insane stuff ever. Oh my gosh. The projects. The projects just went. The worst, and I'm going to have to real tread lightly because I've already vowed that I don't want to do one subject I want to stay away from. But the general. Oh, the general. Wrote a song. The general was. For a history month. The general was the rock kryptonite. Well, the the dairy man. That's were a true. One two punch. That's true. the The dairy man, the dairy man was more a consistent, everyday type of kryptonite to where the general had bursts. Yes. That would flame this instructor up to no end. But every day you could count on her and the dairy man butting heads. The dairy man was like sand in her her vajayjay. Yeah, he was throwing himself into her vajayjay as sand. One day, she she split time between campuses, and so she was late getting to class one day. So the dairy man took his pocket knife, Jimmy the door, and let us in. Now, we all had pocket knives, right? but the dairy man chose to use his. Right. She, if I remember right, oh. she threw the keys across the room at him. Yes, she did. She, her face was redder than my ass is right now, which is very red. Pretty red. But because he did so well, our senior year, she had to give him an award. <laughs> yeah. Which Man, had to she, was, her ass. she was so mad that day. We just went right into head of the class talk. I thought well, we were, it was, we couldn't leave it alone. Yeah. No, yeah There's plenty yeah. more with that class. Uh, yeah, the projects, but his song was so inflammatory to anybody with any sense. And she, at times where he was normally her kryptonite, I think he was so powerful at times that he weakened her. (laughs) And she had him sing that song for other classes. I still have some questions about her motives for that like do you think that she was really completely snowed by that or do you think there was a hint of okay we're gonna push yeah we're gonna we're gonna play a little game of sing your song chicken general i never thought about it that way and the general was not gonna back down on that chicken no the general once he had locked in he was in for the ride and he was gonna get some attention out of it so there's no way he was not gonna do it yes but i I always wondered if there was a little bit of chicken play in that like that song was so obviously inflammatory why would you allow someone to sing that in a public setting i'd never thought about that and you may be right but if that was the case, it sure seems like there could be a, a double backlash on that. Like, you could get him, but then why did you let that happen kind of thing? Well, I think that's where she would have just played the, oh, I never even thought about it oh. being inflammatory. But, it, I mean, she's she was a lot of things, but an idiot was not one of them. No, not at all. And that song was not subtle. No, it was... I mean, it was so <laughs> ridiculous. His delivery. 
So yeah, his his delivery made it ten times I, worse. Oh my god! I gotta hear the song. Wait, I don't know that there's anything exists about it. Yeah, I'm not gonna sing it. No, it? I'll remember. I'm not saying what it was because I was just. It was just kid. inappropriate. It, gotcha. it was inflammatory. Okay. And it was. It was pure general. Okay. Yeah. I will tell you okay. the hook I that I remember, and that's about all, because there was a, it, it was levels, you know, it yes. was, <laughs> and he was full on singing. This is at the height of his guitar playing, mm. so he's playing and singing yeah. and wailing and head rocking. Doing his best Richie Cunningham. Yeah, yeah, you and mean he Richie, Richie Havens. You said Richie Cunningham? Was yeah. Richie Cunningham a big guitar player? I don't remember the he, Happy Days being a he, real... Didn't he play in the band? Did they... Didn't he play the guitar? I don't remember. I don't or was it just know. Ralph that played the guitar? I don't know, but I think we got an e-brake candidate. Boy, this is totally... Stop down. I don't band. remember the Richie Cunningham band. I remember Potsy singing. Potsy oh, that's sang. right. That's right. Potsy yeah. sang. That's right. Now, he may Richie have played did. guitar now that you said that. <laughs> Maybe. In Owls. Yeah. Yeah. All right, maybe we're the idiots. Maybe we are. But I hope so. But when I think of the general in that moment, Richie Cunningham didn't come to mind. No. <laughs> now, and he was being the, look a little bit like Richie Cunningham. Yeah. True. And he was being so fake sincere as he could do with the best oh, of them. Oh, yeah. Lord. He he was it was like his plan was just coming to perfect fruition cuz he played it for our class. And then, which was a mistake for me and <laughs> Gustav, because I think we laughed pretty hard. Oh, we, there! I mean, I, I, I have crying. no doubt that there were cackles involved. And he may have gotten a little mad at us. And then she had him play it for the other class, but I'm pretty sure we went to the Kiva, and he played it for other classes. Yes, because our class, our head of the class. Was not very diverse. Mm-hmm. But the audience was much more diverse. And let me tell you, <laughs> it was tense. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, I love some good tension, but not when we're right in the middle of it. I really just could not believe that that was happening. So let me describe. The area that this happened in. So our ha- school had a sunken kind of amphitheater. The Kiva. It's called the Kiva. The Kiva. After like the uh, Navajo type thing Kiva. that you buy with wampum. The Kiva. <clears throat> and so you had to walk down into it, and the stage was below level of all the seats. So me, once you're in there, there's no Kiva. way out except back up yep. through the seats. Give me that Kiva. And that was the tension of the Kiva. Yeah. And he was down there in the portal doing his thing, landlocked down there to where if it turns bad, he's getting pounded. He ain't getting out of there. And I want to say there was somebody from your grade that he had already pissed off at some point with his flying shoe bit. Uh, Yeah. That was. was She didn't take no shit to begin with, Uh and she was already. Well, you know how it was with the general. Like, there were plenty of people in that school that just the sight of him enraged them. Well, he he had a way of 
and that, some serious bits. Yeah, and that it's a miracle that didn't turn out much worse for him because it really. Buttons. I just had never considered that maybe she did set him up to go bad, but it did. Maybe I'm being too cynical, but I, I just, I can't imagine her, especially knowing the general like she did, thinking, "Oh, this is completely sincere." But yeah, that's a great point because what if the general went off script? Yeah, which the general was totally capable of doing, right? Which I think that's the whole reason that the general was pissed at us when he played it in our class, which oftentimes happened with us, to where he was mad that we weren't buying the fake sincerity that was trying to be thrown <laughs> in our face. Like we were the <laughs> we were the screaming parakeet in the mine right. saying bullshit. <laughs> No, that's uh, pardon that's me. True. There's some bullshit in here. Excuse me, excuse sir, me. sir. Excuse me. Uh, threw a flag on the play. Yeah, I just called one eight hundred bullshit, and you answered. <laughs> Ten yards for unnecessary bullshit. Yeah. Can I have another helping of bullshit with that bullshit you just served me? And little put a little bullshit on the side. <laughs> have a bullshit sandwich with bullshit cream and, and bullshit. Let slaw. me get a large side of bullshit. Uh, I'm trying to watch my weight. Could I get a diet bullshit? Would you like that on the bullshits or neat? Uh, I'll have the bullshit meal. And you get a toy with that. Do you want bullshit or would you like some bullshit for your toy? Uh, could I have the uh, the bullshit for a boy, please? I'll take bullshit for 500 bullshit. Oh, I think Lord. we bullshitted that to death. But that, I mean, I think that was the I, I essence of our right, relationship Ty. with him in that class sometimes. she set him up to... It's at least possible. It's yeah. possible. Or it's, it could have been part of both. It could have been like, if this is sincere, then he should do this. But just in case it's not, either way, it's kind of a win-win for me. The Rock. That might, I think that's probably the most likely thing. Cause, but she's a... The Rock. She wants to see people suffer. She's a nice lady. She's very nice. I always liked her. I, always I never liked had her, her as a teacher, though. No, I, I, man, I loved her. Oh, it, I really did learn from her. But there were days where she was not happy with us. Now, she was. Could you imagine the teachers that at the end of the day were not happy with you? I think that we were pretty awesome guys. Remember your French teacher? So, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Point one. taken. <laughs> I, I can't deny that one. So, I, th I know I've told him. I can't remember if I told you, Ty. So, we had the poor French teacher. We tormented her to death. We She had an inner ear problem. We rocked back and forth while we were talking to her. <laughs> so we had wrong. We had some very loud people that were would fight with her in class. We would egg them on. Oh, man. Uh, we just really made her life hell in general. And she was a Baptist preacher's wife. Baptist preacher's wife. I remember her. I, so, did, I never had her for class. Super nice lady. Oh, so sweet. I and was like, in there busy, you know, learning the real language. Right. Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> so she moves away. Her 
preacher husband gets a different congregation. And years and years pass. I don't know where she's at. Well, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Gustav, one of her family members, passed away. We go down to a town about 40 miles away for the funeral. And I look up. Hello, French teacher. What? She's wearing and a beret. This 20 years later. This is like 20 years later. Yeah. So How'd she look? She looked exactly like she did before. Crazy. So she walks out of the thing, and everybody's out front of the church or the funeral home where we're at. And I'm like, Bonsoir! <laughs> the look of terror on her face. <laughs> she, I think she shat herself. Because it was like, oh my God, they found me. They're going to make my life hell again. And I had to kind of I've been calm. on the run for 20 years. Right. I changed. I moved. I moved they bought this me. whole preacher bit. And, you know, but I knew some French still. So, oh, so I, yeah. And so I was like, no, it's okay. We're not here. You know, I explained why I was there. But she really, I, I've only caused terror in a few people's faces ever in life. And that was one of them. I love that story. I felt bad for her, but she was know, such a nice lady. She was nice, and we we did her wrong because she, you know, it's like when you're with animals. If you display the weakness, yeah, the alphas are going to oh, come out after you. Just the and she was a in hyena the, pounce. She was in a pack of hyenas, and there were quote unquote really good guys that absolutely just dogpiled in there just to <laughs> make her life hell. And we we didn't do anything really bad. I mean, we did the rocking back and forth and stuff and mess with her inner ear. But there were people that, especially from your class. Yeah, there were some bad ones. There were some bad ones, and they would fight with her and use reverse psychology on her. Yeah. And she'd say, go to the office. And that girl would say, I'm going to go to the office. No, you're not. You're going to sit down right now. <laughs> that worked multiple times. 50% of the time works every, every time. time. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, boys. I think we are done let's for the get night. Out of here. All right. Let's wrap it up. Uh, we will uh, have a next episode. God knows when. We love you. I love your buns. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Where are you headed, Jeremiah? Canada, maybe. I hear there's land there a man has never seen. Yep. Keep your nose in the wind, your eyes along the skyline. I will do that, W. Bo Swenson authentically portrays the man who reached out and touched a nation. See what happened to his children, his parents, and his friends. Look out! Obvious that this is an advanced young man for his age, apparently in terms of sophistication, having selected Heather Thomas as... Head of the class, right after Perfect Strangers. I'm Don Cornelius, and as always in parting, we wish you love, peace, and so... 